us as we come to listen to your word. Lord, we come ready with open hearts, expecting for you to sow your seed into our hearts. And we pray that our receptive hearts would be full of good soil, that that which you would sow today will increase and grow and produce a great harvest for your glory. 30, 60, even a hundredfold after what you sow. Lord Jesus, we are your people who are called by your name, purchased by your blood. And we thank you for allowing us to be in this house and to actually serve you with our lives. It is truly a great honor. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus another shout of praise. Woo! And then you can be seated. Well, we are nearing Christmas Day. As every day passes, we've got our trees up like Carl said. And we are going to have a wonderful time over the next couple of weeks here. It's going to be exciting. And I think, you know, not just what we're putting on up here and what's going to happen around us, but actually to be together as a family, to see each other and greet each other and just have time with each other, that in itself is just going to be wonderful. It really is. So get into everything you can get into when we put it on. We've got our connect groups uh, this week again. If you're not in a connect group, Dave and Sarah will be at the back and you can uh, chat with them. We have got homes that are open and waiting to receive you. Um, Just get involved, get into the connect groups and I'm telling you now you're going to be blessed as a result. Your life's going to grow not only in relation to your relationship with Jesus, but also in connection with his body, with this church family. Amen. So do that. If you're not in a connect group, go and see Dave and Sarah Sarah later, and uh, you'll be blessed. Right after this service, we have got our festive bite. Woohoo! Fantastic. We're going to have some food together. And you know, once a year, it's really important for Faye and I to do this. Firstly, to honor just the, the people that make church happen on a week-by-week basis, our leaders, our volunteers, everything that, that goes on in here is as a result of us putting our life's energy into it. So every year, it's really important to honor that, and we want to do that today. Also, we've got Andrew from Swansea. Woohoo! Stand up, Andrew. Andrew is going to be singing Tom Jones. Yeah! And we are going to be on the dance floor too. I'm telling you, we're not just going to be eating. We're going to be rocking and rolling on the dance floor. So get your dancing shoes on. Uh, We're going to enjoy some fun. But um, do you know what? I I really do believe that I've got a word to encourage us this morning. And it's all about listening to God's voice. Christmas is all about listening to God's voice voice. Very often when we go through life, it's easy to listen to the voice of other people. 
It's easy to hear and receive their expectations and even their limitations regarding your life as to what you can do and what you will become. It's easy. Our, our world often is framed by the voice of other people. And also, not only uh, are we subject to the voice of other people, sometimes the cruelest voice is our own voice. As we criticize ourselves, as we frame our own world by our low expectation regarding our future, regarding our present. And all of these things go into the mix of our life in order to make our life what it is. Today, you may be disappointed with your life. Today, silently, you may have a very low expectation as to what you can do in life as a result of your past, as a result of what you've gone through, as a result of what people have said about you, and as a result of what you're now saying about you. But the wonderful thing is, when you look at the Bible, God has a voice that wants to speak into our lives and into our situations And his expectation and his plan for your life is far different to the plan that people may have for you and the plan that you might have for yourself. Christmas is all about listening to God's voice. And even beyond Christmas, life itself is all about listening to God's voice. The moment that you begin to entertain the words of God and the promises of God for your life, Your whole expectation about life changes. It goes to another level. It goes to another place. And this isn't fantasy that we're talking about. This is reality. It really is. God wants to speak to us. God wants to intervene into the distractions and the things that pull us here, there, and everywhere. And he wants to come with a word for our lives in order to give us direction, in order to give us purpose, in order for our lives to achieve everything that God has designed for it. God has a plan for every single one of us. God doesn't just look at, at, at people who, who may seem important and then miss others by. No, there's no partiality with God. God is no respecter of persons. God is a respecter of faith. If you will put faith in God's word, if you will put faith in God's promise, he'll pass over a million people to get to one who will believe what he's saying. And I'm telling you now, God's got a word for your life. God's got a plan for your life. God has got wonderful promises regarding each one of our lives. Circumstance will come up and speak and say, you'll never attain to what God has got for you. Even sickness in our bodies and weaknesses that we feel, fears, depressions, all the kind of stuff that's out there in the world that wants to limit and, and, and obstruct us from achieving what God wants us to achieve. But God steps into every situation, into every circumstance. And he says, listen, if you will listen to me, if you will listen to that still small voice and not stamp it out, if you will give me a moment of your attention, if you will give me one moment to allow me to speak what I want to say regarding your life, everything will change. 
God's no respecter of person. He respects faith. Faith commands God's attention. And he wants to be commanded. He wants our faith to make demands on his promise. He loves it. The Bible tells us, you know as well as I do, that it's only faith that God is pleased with. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But the moment there's a connection between you and God, and there's a yes and an amen inside, God is pleased. And it activates all of the resources of heaven into your situation and into my situation. Do you know, have you ever looked through the Bible at some of the conversations that God's had with people? I find it really fascinating. When I look through the Bible and I begin to, to... Look at all of the conversations that God's had with individuals down throughout time. There's hundreds, if not thousands of conversations that God's had with people, whether it be directly or indirectly. It's just so interesting to look through your Bible and see how God speaks to people. I'm amazed that God, when he converses with people, he doesn't labor the point. He doesn't have this big, long conversation with people regarding what he wants them to do with their lives. In fact, you know, many of the conversations that God has with people last but one or two minutes maximum. God gets straight to the point. He jumps in right into the life situations that people find themselves in. He delivers their word and that he delivers his word and then he's gone. For instance... Genesis 12, you can check it out. One day, God just turned up in Abraham's life, and he said this, get out of your country, and then he begins to list a a number of other things that he wants him to do, and by the end of the conversation, he says, as a result of doing what I'm telling you to do, all the families in the earth will be blessed. It's literally a 40-second conversation that God has with Abraham, and as a result of that 40-second conversation that God has with Abraham, the next 100 years of his life is completely changed from a 40-second conversation that God has with a man that's open, that's ready, that's receptive, that's got faith to trust, that's got faith to believe. And the Bible says, when talking and describing about Abraham's faith, he said he went out not knowing where he was going. My God, that's faith. That's trust. That's believing in the invisible over the visible. He went out not knowing where he was going. Imagine waking up one morning and going out of the house and being greeted by your neighbor. And they say, well, where where are you going today then, Dave? Imagine the response. And the confusion, if I responded, well, I don't really know where I'm going today. I've just got up and, you know, I'm, I, I don't really know. But that was the reality and the dependence and the childlike faith that this man had in God. 
And then God would come to him as the years rolled on down throughout time and he would relocate him and there would be different choices, huge choices that Abraham would have to make. And on every front, God would just come in, interrupt his day and begin speaking to him in ways, you know, that that he hadn't thought of. And the conversation would be abrupt and short. There'd be no explanation There'd be no strategy, there'd be no planning. But in moments, it'd all be unpacked. Abraham would believe and he'd go on. God doesn't have long conversations with us. God doesn't explain and rationalize with us. God just comes into the, to the normal nitty-gritty times of life And he delivers his word, he delivers his plan, and if we're receptive, and if we're ready, and if our hearts are right, our lives and the expression of it will change forever. I want every single one of us here to be aware of God's voice, to be receptive, because it's a still small voice, and he'll come in ways in our lives that truly will amaze us. You know, when I was thinking about all of this stuff, my mind went back to a time years ago now when I made a decision to go to South Africa to Bible school. And I didn't have any money when I was making the decision, when I was making my plans. And uh, I remember being in the office with Pastor Ray one day, and, you know, Ray said to me, he said, well, you know, how, how much money have you got? You know, this, is, this trip's going to cost a lot of money. I said, well, Ray, I haven't got anything, to be honest. And he said, well, now, the great thing about having people who love you is that they're wise with their words, and they don't undermine the simple trust and the simplicity of your faith. He said, well, what you need to do now is you need to get a word from God. Great advice. So I went back home to my little flat in Ebervale. My nan and Grant were living there. And I remember, I can see it now, going to the bedroom door in that little flat in Ebervale. And as I stood there, I thought, I've got to pray and get a word from God. And in my mind, I thought I was going to be praying for months. I thought, oh my God, it's going to take ages to get a word from God. I'm not a spiritual person. I'm not good at praying. I'm not really a disciplined person. To get a word from God, that's going to take ages. Well, I thought it's going to be important. I've got to get one. So I go into my bedroom. I close the door. And I'm waiting. Within a minute, to my joy, within a minute, the Holy Spirit comes in. And he speaks to me very directly. And he says this, Dave, money is the last thing on the list. Don't ever worry about it. Don't concern yourself about it. It's not, the f- it's not to be at the forefront of the list. When it comes to making your plans to go to South Africa, it's at the bottom of the list. Don't make any of your decisions concerning it. I will s- supply. Money's the last thing on the list. Do you know what? In that moment of dialogue with the Holy Spirit, 
there was a corresponding faith that rose up within me and took hold of it, grabbed it, and said, yes, Lord, I believe it. Even though I was only in my 20s, even though, you know, what do I know? I don't know anything about going to the other end of the world, planning my future. But faith inside, trust inside, in the most simplistic sense, took a hold of what he said. Bible says in Romans, I believe it's chapter 10, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The moment the Word of God comes to us, whether it be through the still small voice of the Spirit or whether it be through the written word that God highlights to us in our devotions, the moment that that comes, there's a corresponding faith within us that takes a hold of that and believes that and sees everything that God has got for us, and we agree with it. It's so important. Do you know what? Money was the last thing on the list. Because 24 hours before I went to South Africa, I didn't even have any plane flights. They were, I did, I, number one, I didn't have the money to buy them. Number two, there were no flights going from uh, Gatwick, Heathrow, or any other airport in the UK to South Africa. And yet God got me there on time. And he provided all of the money. All of the finance. Why? Because he had said it was the last thing on the list. God doesn't speak in long, drawn-out sentences. Do you know when we want to plan to do something? Lots of times we've got our big plan in meetings, especially when we want to achieve something big. We've got our big plan in meetings. We've got our strategies. And we use all this different kind of media, texting, emails, whatever, every other form to communicate with one another, to bring it all together. And then, you know, at our best, there's lots of hiccups. And we put all of our energy into planning things. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you now, God works completely different to that. Completely different. He goes to Moses. And Moses is in the backside of the desert... Complete failure in his own mind. What was being spoken into Moses' life? What was Moses saying over his own life? He'd murdered an Egyptian. He tried to release the people of God too early. I mean, you're talking about not only having a bad day, but having a bad 40 years in the backside of the wilderness. And then suddenly God comes. It doesn't matter what people have said about you. It doesn't matter what you're saying about yourself. The word of God concerning your life is what matters. And the moment you believe, the moment you put faith in that word, everything changes. In a moment, the only thing that's important is that you get in agreement with God. Let people say what they want to say. 
Let people put you down. Let people say that you'll never amount to anything. Let people say it's over, it's finished, it's ended. They can say what they want to say. It doesn't matter, my friends. You can speak bad over your life, but if God is speaking good over your life and you will dare to believe it, everything is going to change. I'm telling you, man. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. He goes to Moses. And he has a conversation with Moses. And the conversation is a little bit more than two minutes. Why? Because it's pretty important what Moses is going to do. But most of the conversation between Moses and God is taken up by Moses, not by God. Moses is wondering this, that, and the other. How can it be? I can't go. I'm a stutter. I'm a failure. I'll never do it. I don't want to go back there. You're going back. Three, four minutes long. Why? Because Moses had to deliver two million people. So the conversation with God and Moses was extended a bit. Because it was a big job. God gives him three or four minutes. I'm telling you now, God is awesome. God is wonderful. And when we begin to entertain and imagine... All of the wonderful things that God has for us. That's all he wants. It's a moment of your time. A moment of your imagination. A moment of your your trust and your faith. In order to begin to bring things into being. Isn't it wonderful to have an imagination? Isn't it great? What a wonderful gift from God. To be able to imagine. It's from God. Every man here has a wonderful imagination. Remember the first moments when that imagination sprung into being. You were going to be Batman, weren't you? Or when Superman came on the scene, you were going to be Superman. What is that? It's an imagination. Or you were going to fly your little rocket to the moon. And all of the adult world looked on in your imagination and they said, oh my God. What have we got here? An imagination is a wonderful thing. To dream. Ladies, wonderful imaginations. You were pushing your little pram with your doll in it. Lifting the doll out to your dad and mum saying, she got a dirty nappy, mummy. She done a wee wee. And then you get a little bit older and you begin to paint your nails and your eyes and everything else. Imagination, you see. Imagination is a good thing. And then the world comes and begins to tamper with it and spoil it and interrupt it. And that superhero of a little boy gets cut down to size as a world comes in and and, and begins to tamper with the dream and the excitement to do something with life and to the little girl that wants to be the princess and wants to shine and wants to be everything she can be in front of everybody, the world comes in and tampers and crushes and puts its foot over it all. But then suddenly we get redeemed and we get bought and we, we, we rise into newness of life in Christ. 
And the little boy with the dream in the heart becomes a child of the king. The daughter that seems so, so under the heel of circumstance suddenly becomes a princess and a daughter in his sight. Imagination is a wonderful thing. It's a glorious thing. And God wants to frame all of our imaginations and all of our expectations and all of our understanding with his word. There's no greater word than you, that you can have than God's word in your life. There really isn't. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at Mary. And we're going to be considering the word that God brought to this young girl and how it changed her life forever. We're going to be thinking about the angel's message to her and her reception of it and her connection to it by faith. I want to begin to read to you from Luke 1 and we're going to read from verse 26 through to verse 38. Mary is probably receiving here the most important message that's ever been delivered. It's regarding her life. It's regarding what's going to happen to her life. And she's receiving this firsthand from the angel of the Lord. And it's all over and done in less than a minute and a half. The angel says to her, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also... That one, that holy one who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month, sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, amazing words here in response to what the angel is delivering. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, 
let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Behold, the angels just delivered this incredible message in detail. It's only minutes long. It's probably the most important event in human history, one of the most important events in human history for a human being. He's just unpacked God's intention for her life. Her response, consider it, behold, the maidservant or slave of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. What a response. If God comes to any one of us, which he will in these days in which we live, believe me, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to every single one. Ah, well, I haven't been to Bible school. Matters not. Ah, oh, well, I, I, I don't pray much. I haven't read my Bible much. I haven't got much of a devotional plan in my life. Matters not. Matters not, friends. Telling you. You can have a head full of Bible knowledge and never do anything with it. You can become so full of yourself in your head with Bible knowledge and text and all of the other stuff that, you're, that, that, that there's no life of God in you. Paul to the Corinthians says that knowledge puffs up. Knowledge on its own makes you proud, makes you arrogant, makes you unusable to God. No, God chooses the lowly. God chooses the weak things of this world, the despised things to confound the wise, to confound the strong. He takes hold of the simple. No, it matters not. The Holy Spirit is going to come in these days in which we live and he's going to speak directly into your heart. And it's, it's going to be very different possibly to what you've been saying about your life. It's going to be very different possibly to what other people have been saying about your life. But let me give you some advice from Mary's example, when he comes and when he speaks and when that still small whisper interrupts into your day, be ready to say, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Not according to what people have said, not according to what I'm saying. I am your servant now. The moment you say, I am the servant of the Lord. The moment you say, I am your slave. I'm telling you now, life as you know it is changed forever. And it takes a lot of guts to stand up and say, yes, Lord, I will not settle for anything less than what you are saying regarding my life. Because all hell is going to break loose against you. Do you know Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 that trouble and testing and persecution comes because of the word. But I'm up for it. I'm telling you now. I want to be a, a receptacle of God's word. I want God, his living word, to speak into my heart. And I want there to be a corresponding faith and a courage 
that says, I am your servant, Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. Trouble will come, Jesus said, because of the word. The fact that you embrace it and take hold of it. And we'll look at that in the weeks to come. Oh man, all hell broke loose against this young girl. I mean, she's just a young girl and nobody really that no, anybody ever took any notice of. She didn't have, you know, a great history. She didn't live, you know, in, in, in some kind of fancy house. She didn't have a strong heritage. She was a nobody. But the moment she said, I'm your servant from now on, let it be done unto me according to what you're saying. Yes, 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 yes. Whatever it takes, I'm here. I will do it. When she said that, I'm telling you now, all hell took, stood up and took notice. Be it done unto me according to your word. I love this because, you know, she's just in the house in Nazareth. That's where she was when the angel came. And Nazareth had a terrible reputation. Nazareth was the place where nobody wanted to be. It was a dead-end town, a dead-end street with nothing going for it. Mary's living in Nazareth. Don't you just love it? Don't you just love where God goes? I love it. I'm telling you now, he didn't go to the local Bible school down in Jerusalem where, where, where all the... You know, all the top guys were. The angel rocks on down into Nazareth, the lowest place, the dead end place, where nothing good ever came out of. When Philip went to Nathaniel, and he says, we've met Jesus of Nazareth. Nathaniel's response was, what? He's the Christ? Are you serious? Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. And the angel of God goes to Nazareth. He goes into that dead end place. And he begins to speak wonderful words of favor. In the darkest place, in the lowest place, in the dead end place. Nazareth, with all of its, all of its negativity, spoke messages to everybody that lived there, you're never going to amount to anything. You're a nobody. You're not going to aspire to do anything with your life. That's, that, 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 that's the negativity that was so prevalent all over that place. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. The angel of God walks in there. He doesn't look at the surroundings that Mary was in. He doesn't look at what she was living in. He doesn't look at her history. Doesn't even consider it doesn't even make any remarks regarding where she is living, what she is believing and what's surrounding her. He walks in, in contradiction to it all, and he says, highly favored daughter of God. My God, God, is, God will speak so well of you. God will speak so high of you. Doesn't matter where you live. Doesn't matter what your house looks like. It doesn't matter what, what's in the bank. It doesn't matter what people are saying to you in your world. God speaks high of you. He only has great things to say about your life. I'm telling you now, I'm passionate with this. He downloaded this on me at 2 o'clock in the morning. Come on, Jesus. That's why I'm a bit tired. 
Oh, God, he's awesome. He's wonderful. He only has great things to say about you. And sometimes when our hearts and our lives have been beaten and trodden upon and and cast down and we've been hurt and wounded and abused by life because that's the only thing really that life can do to any one of us because we're born in sin. It'll beat you up year after year after year after year. It'll get you to be fearful and depressed and anxious about all kinds of things. That's what life does. And when that happens repeatedly, over and over and over again, it's easy for our lives to really have such a low expectation. I'm talking about my own life. I'm not talking about anybody else, but I know, we all know, that life does that. But I love the way God, through his angel, sends a message to this woman. And he's not saying, well, Mary, get yourself out of Nazareth first, girl, before God can use you. Get yourself out of this dirty, God-forsaken place where nothing good comes out of before God can use you. One day, Mary, oh, one day you'll get there, Mary, if you're good enough. One day, Mary, if you clean your act up, oh, Mary, that's when it'll come good. That's when the Word of God will begin to work for you. One, just sow a bit more, Mary. Give into my ministry a bit more, Mary. Do this, that, and the other. Jump through the hoops, Mary, and then one day you'll get there. No. The angel of God sees this woman in her lowliest state and he begins to exclaim and unpack all of the thoughts and all of the intentions that that God has for her. Let me tell you what God says about you. You're more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. If God is for you, who can be against you? You can do all things through Christ. He only has great things to say about your life. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be blessed when you go out. Blessed when you come in. You're his people. You're the apple of his eye. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Woohoo! Come on, Jesus, we love you. And we believe what you are saying. He's not a man that he should lie. Oh, everything he says is true. No, he goes in and his message is completely contrary. Contrary. It contradicts what she can see on the streets. It contradicts what she can see in her humble home. It contradicts all of the education that's filled her mind as she's grown up. It contradicts it all. And he calls her highly favored. He says, you found favor with God and you're going to be, you're going to be a vehicle to deliver and bring in the Savior. All of the prophecies of the Old Testament, Mary, it's about you. It's about you. Her story is not that different to our own. Because Paul the Apostle, when writing to a church, he said, I pray that Christ would be formed in you. But Paul, how can this happen? (laughs) How? How is it possible for Christ to take this life 
How? This is a broken wreck of a life. This is a life where the drugs have gone through it, sex and rock and roll and every other kind of vice. It's tasted. What? How can Christ, the perfect one, live in a life like this? Oh, simple. Simple. Just like the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, I'll send you one just like myself to live in you. And he'll form the Christ in you like he formed the Christ in Mary. And you'll, by the end of it all, your life will not be your own. And you'll be saying the words that Paul said. It's no longer I that live, but Christ, Christ lives within me. I'm telling you, let's not look back at our old past. Let's not look back at all of the things that's broken us. Let's not look back at all of the disqualifications that would rise up and say, you'll never be. Oh, yes, you will be. Because... The Holy Spirit. How can this be, we say? How is it possible, we say? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And as we, as we allow Him to just do what He has promised to do, Christ will be formed. I'm going to close by saying this. We're going to pick it up a little next week. Man, my God, what a wonderful message Mary brings to us. What a wonderful example. Let me finish by saying this. This day in her home in Nazareth was a wonderful day because it talked about all of the blessing that God was going to unpack in her. All of the blessing, all of the favor, all of the fulfillment of Scripture had finally come to its moment of fulfillment and it was being fulfilled in this young virgin Mary however there is a flip side to faith faith encounters all of the joy of receiving the word faith encounters all of the joy of knowing a new expectation of life that God has for it. Faith holds on to that. But what we will see in the months to come is that not only can faith receive all of the wonderful expectations of God into the heart, but faith also can empower you. It can empower you to go through every dark night, through every trial. Faith enables you to be completely at peace in your service to God. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situations, no matter what is going on, there will be a resilience 
and a buoyancy in your life as a result of the faith that enables you to go through every circumstance and situation. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. Woo! Anybody ready for some food? We've been eating already, but now we're going to have some other food. But listen, right now, you may be here. You may be here for the first time today, or you may have come a number of times. And you may not know Jesus, the person that I'm speaking about. Maybe there's one person. I want to lead you in a prayer today so that you can ask Jesus into your life. You're conscious of the fact that he's here. And you want to connect with him. Let me tell you, he wants to connect with you too. He really does. Four o'clock Saturday morning. I wake up. And suddenly, the Prince of Peace is in the bedroom. Oh. You say, what did he say? He didn't say anything. I didn't either. I just lay in bed and soaked it in. Can't even explain what that does because it's beyond what you can ask or think. It passes, the Bible says, this peace, the Prince of Peace, as he walks in, it passes understanding. But as it washes over you, you become strengthened inside. And maybe today you feel heavy laden and burdened and troubled, anxious and fearful. I've been there lots of times, just like many around here. But the Prince of Peace, Jesus, wants to come, wrap his arms around you and just say, I love you. I love you. Don't worry about all of that old stuff that's complicated our relationship and our connection. Come here. I love you. I'm going to pray right now, give you an opportunity to do that. If you want to ask Jesus into your heart, pray this simple prayer. Jesus, right now, I ask you to be Prince of Peace in my heart. Be the Prince of Peace. Wash away my fears. Wash away my troubles. Forgive me of my sin and all of the things that's hurt my life. Wash it away, please. Amen.